0: I am a true believer that taking action in our businesses is one of the most important priorities we can make. I hear business owners agonize over what to do so much that they become stuck and don't make any decisions at all. I believe that the worst thing that can happen is that when we make a mistake, we don't learn from it. And so today I want to share the mistakes I made and to really dig into the 10 biggest things that I did wrong in my business and how each one has helped shape who I am and where my business is today. Too many educators, they put their best foot forward. They show their highlight reel and pretend to have it all figured out. But I'd rather be an open book in case it helps you learn from my experience as well. I think it's so important to look back and say, "Eh, I probably messed up there. But hey, I am using this to help you guys not make the same mistakes. Before we dive in, I want to read today's review of the week from AK Grown. It says a great podcast for the goal oriented woman. I am not even an entrepreneur, but I am a successful woman working in the corporate world. And this podcast is giving me life. Perfect for anyone who wants inspiration for moving towards bigger goals. I'm obsessed. Thank you so much for your review this week. I check them almost every day. It's kind of an addiction, but hearing from you guys really, really inspires me and excites me and really helps me record some of these more authentic episodes. And so without further ado, I'm going to talk about the things I did wrong so that you can make sure that you're doing them right. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work I mean, who really likes to talk about the mistakes they've made, right? (laughs) But I'm going to do that today because I think it's really important to look back over the last seven years and and really acknowledge the things that I didn't do right. I think so often when you look up to someone or when you're mentored by someone or someone seems to have it all figured out, you forget that they really messed up too. And so when I started to think about this episode, I really wanted to share some of the things that I messed up on in hopes that maybe, just maybe I'll get through to you so that you don't make the same mistakes that I did. So, number one, the number one mistake I made was that I was doing what everyone else was doing when I first started out. I remember I was afraid I felt like a fraud. I mean, who was I, this 23-year-old girl, equipped with nothing more than a $300 Craigslist camera, no education in art, no photography background, and now suddenly she wants to become a wedding photographer? I see it all the time online, people making fun of the fact that somebody buys a decent camera and suddenly they think they're a photographer, and I felt like, hey, that's me. Maybe that's you. When I first started out, I wanted to blend in. My biggest desire was to blend in because I was so worried that if I stood out, people would say, You don't belong. You don't know what you're doing. Who are you to think that you could do this? From my editing style to pricing to what my website looked like, I looked outward so much for inspiration on so many things that I was doing when I first started my business. But here's the deal. It doesn't help you accomplish anything because when you blend in, instead of standing out, you look like everyone else around you. And the only differentiator people are going to have is price. This causes you to be price shopped, which let's be honest, is not fun. You want clients choosing to work with you because of the things that make you different, your strengths, the experience that only you can create. And so when I look back at myself, I wish that I could have told myself, Go the other way. Don't be afraid to stand out because when you stand out, people are going to fall in love with you and not just your product or your service. They're going to want you and not just anyone with a camera. I know that there are so many of you out there right now who feel like you don't belong, who desire to blend in, to look like everyone else, to speak like everyone else, to post like everyone else. I know that feeling. It is like crippling, paralyzing even. When I look back at the way that I was doing my market research and the way that I was looking at everyone around me and the way that I was just clouding my brain and not asking myself, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to step into this? What is the reason that I am putting my life on the line for this? I didn't know my why. My why at the time, it was to get out of my windowless office, but I didn't realize that there was so much more to the story and there is so much more to yours too. So don't do what everyone else is doing. Go the other way. I love the saying, only dead fish go with the flow. My friend, you are not dead. So let's swim against that current, okay? Number two, I've told this story on the podcast often, but it needs to be said again. My biggest mistake was waiting to start an email list. You've heard this story. I hired my first business coach. I was a few years in. I had maybe 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I remember him asking, "How big is your list?" And I thought, "Okay, well, my to-do list is very long. Thank you for being so concerned." But he wasn't talking about a to-do list. He was talking about my email list, which was zero. And I remember listening to him tell me the importance of an email list, and it just went right over my head. I didn't think it was important. It wasn't shiny. People couldn't see that number. They could see how many followers I had. And I felt high and mighty that I had gained a following. So as he talked to me about it, I just didn't pay attention. I spent way too many years focusing on the number of followers that people could see instead of growing a list of dedicated fans who wanted consistent content, a way to hear from me about anything and everything I was up to in my business. I can tell you guys today, if you ask me what my number one priority in my business is, it's growing my email list. I don't care that none of you can't see that number. I am serving subscribers every single day. And guess what? It drives the most profits. It's not just about money, okay? But I am able to serve people in such an intimate way. I'm able to reach into their lives and show up. And I'm able to get the right offers in front of them to help change their lives. And so if you're waiting, because you probably are, to start an email list, If you're thinking, I cannot add one more thing to my plate, I want for you to go to jkemailist.com and you're going to get a bunch of free resources on this topic. I need to convince you that this is urgent, you guys. I have to get that through to you. You do not own your followers. Facebook does. Instagram does. Mark Zuckerberg is doing really well, you guys. We're helping him out for sure. But here's the deal. You have to be able to reach your people and you have to reach them in a far more intimate way and take them off of these platforms where everyone is screaming for the most attention and pull them into a place where you can gently whisper the light into their lives. I know it sounds dramatic, but really if I could go back and I could stop worrying about followers and I could start figuring out how can I serve people in a better way, it all would have been that email list. Number three, Something that I messed up on and still mess up on to this day is caring too much about what people think about me. <laughs> it's so freaking hard. Can I get an amen? When I think back to when I first started, I remember I was terrified to even say the words, I'm a photographer. I felt like I'm a photographer, Let's be honest. I remember telling my family that I was going to leave my corporate job and my salary and my benefits and all these things I'd worked so hard to get so that I could do this. And I worried about what my college roommates would think when I said, I'm going to be a wedding photographer now. I worried about what other photographers thought of me. I worried about what my clients expected of me. I worry so much and I don't really know if it's gotten easier. I know I've gotten a thicker skin over the years, that's for sure. But a lot of times when I meet people and when I teach people and when I pour into their lives, I realize that we are all worried about what other people think. Specifically, sometimes it's like we're worried about like what one person is thinking. And guess what? They're probably not even thinking about us because they're thinking about themselves and who they're worried is thinking about them. Did you follow that thought? So when I think about just this journey, I think that every time we have a new offer, a new product, a new service, whenever we announce something or celebrate something, there's always just this feeling, this question within us, what are people going to think? And I've learned that I have a very limited amount of energy. Like, actually, I do. I'm a very tired person. And so I have to wake up and my energy bank is full for the day. And I have to decide where is this energy going to go? Is it going to go into impacting others? Is it going to go into judging myself? Is it going to go into my family? And so when I think about this journey, and when I think about the journey that you are likely on... You are probably caring a lot about what people think. And I just want for you to start to pay attention to that. I can't tell you to ever rid yourself of it because I haven't figured out quite how to do that myself. But I want for you to start to understand that everyone's heads are down on their own stuff, their own crap, their own mess, their own life, that we're all making up these scenarios in our heads that aren't even happening. And so it's really important to care about what you think about the work that you're creating and sharing. My number four mistake is this. I scaled too big, too fast, and I got burnt out. When I began, I got in this habit of saying yes to all the things because at face value, there were really great opportunities. Y'all, FOMO is real. And what ended up happening is I worked myself into the ground. And when I had my first miscarriage, I could not keep the ship moving anymore. My entire business was fueled by me. If I stopped, everything stopped. Can you relate to that? You guys know that when I had my first loss, I was crippled with grief. And here I was on my own, trying to make everything happen, And instead of being able to just disconnect, to pay attention to myself, to give myself space, I was worried. I was worried that my business would just crumble. And so that led me to start outsourcing basically out of desperation. But my goal is for you to never have to reach that point. I never understood the value of protecting my yeses to make sure that they were my best ones because I was a yes girl. And you might be a yes girl too. I said yes to just about everything, to going to an event, to speaking at a workshop, to shooting a session, to partnering with companies. And all of a sudden, all of my yeses revolved around other people's businesses, objectives, and goals. And all of the things I was saying no to were the things that I actually cared about. My family, my own business, creating systems, having rest. And so I want for you to really evaluate what are the things that you're saying yes to and you totally dread them. Like you're like, why did I say yes to this? Why did I commit to this? I know you have them because I did. And I want for you to think about what fills you up, what excites you, what days do you wake up excited to do what you're about to do? What's actually moving the needle in your business? what's aligned with your dreams and goals? Because when I scaled too big and too fast, it took me right to burn out. I remember genuinely thinking, I am going to be out of this industry that I just worked my butt off for three years to get into to gain traction in I was done. I was done. And when I look back at that period, of course, I'm thankful for it because I don't really think mistakes are like actual disasters. They're just things that we learn from. But it forced me to say, I will live on half of this income if I can have back my time. It was that pivotal point in my life where I realized that time mattered to me more than money. Because what is money if you don't even have time to enjoy it, right? And in that decision... That was when I finally did the things that I had been wanting to do. Saying no led to the best yeses. Yeses that are still serving my business to this day. Yeses that are still giving me joy. Yeses like this podcast, which would have never been possible if I would have just kept spinning the wheel. Number five is this. Ugh, Jenna Kutcher, you waited too long to invest in a team. I talk about team a lot on this show. Have you guys noticed that? I know maybe you're thinking, I'm just not there yet. I don't make enough money yet. I can't afford that. I don't even know who I'd hire. I need to do everything. No one can do it as good as I can. Um, These are all conversations I had with myself. When I think about outsourcing and when I think about my team, there are episodes like episode number seven with my girl, Caitlin. I don't even know what to call her. She does all the things. With my sister, Kate, episode 98, with episode number 120 with Danielle. If you want to hear from my team and the backstory of how we got to where we are today, listen to those shows. Okay. You might not have been introduced to those women in any other way, but because they play such a pivotal role in my life and in this business. And it took me uh, five, six years to even get one employee because I was white knuckling this whole dang thing. I thought I can do it. No one can do this as good as I can. This is my baby. I don't trust anyone. I don't have the money to put into this. But here's the deal. It has been worth every penny. I have freedom. I have time. I can be strategic again. I know that if I need to take a week or a month off, my business is going to keep going. And I am able to pour into these women and help them live their best lives. Like what a freaking blessing is that? Having the right people in the right roles makes this business run smoothly. I could not do it without them. I couldn't. I just couldn't. And we have a lot of fun. Like I have so much fun with my team. I know that so many of you are thinking, well, this will be me in five years or, you know, hopefully I get to this point. But the chances are, and I'm going to call you out on it right now, is that like me, You were clinging tight to every dollar. You couldn't imagine parting with it. I am now at a place in my life, and we'll talk about this in one of the future mistakes I made, where if I can pay someone to do something that is an expert that is going to do it quicker than I can and give me more time to do what I'm good at, I'll do it. And so waiting to invest in a team was detrimental. In fact, it probably held me back from getting to where I am today But everything has a season and I'm just so thankful for the season that taught me, grief is a great teacher, friends, that I couldn't do it on my own and that I shouldn't do it on my own. Number six, a mistake I made, not creating a repeatable system and letting my inbox consume my life. (laughs) How many of you are checking your emails while you're listening to this show right now? Not too long ago, I would have entire work days spent solely in my inbox getting absolutely nothing done that actually moves the needle in terms of my goals or profits for the business. What did it accomplish? Well, I got back to everyone's questions and I you know, created tasks around their requests. And I spent my days creating more work for myself than actually getting any work done. Today, I do not log into the inbox until I've done a few important things first, like snuggle with Drew, maybe some yoga, go on a walk with the dogs, identify the three things that I have to accomplish for the day, my big three. And then you know what I do? I set a timer and I get to as much as I can. And then I'm out again. I spend about 20 to 30 minutes in my inbox a day and we get hundreds of emails. But here's the deal. I didn't understand that my inbox didn't have to suck the life out of me. Like I could control it. I could streamline it. I could create a system around it. One of my favorite episodes is episode number 80, where my friend Abby Grace talks about tips for getting out of your inbox. And she really helps set the stage for those of you who are consumed by it. I don't check my email on my phone. I don't get notifications. Nothing is that important. And if it was, they would have my phone number. And so when we look at our team, even we're evaluating constantly, how much time are we spending in the inbox? How can we get out of it more? How can we communicate clearer? How can we answer questions before they're asked? And how can we make sure that we're not creating more work for ourselves? It's not easy. But man, it has been worth it because your inbox should not be your number one priority. Getting back to your clients, yes, it is absolutely important. But actually getting work done that is going to drive profits into your business, you kind of need that in order to have a business. Am I right? Number seven, I said yes to way too many things that were building other people's businesses. Look, there are a lot Of awesome opportunities in my inbox. I'm sure you have them as well. There are a lot of shiny things. There are a lot of things that just give me FOMO that make me feel like I have to say yes, but I have to look at each and every single one of them through the lens of my priorities for this year. Would that online summit teaching and sharing audiences with other great educators to my target market and spread the word be good for my business? Sure. But would my time be better spent in my genius zone serving the audience that I already have? Absolutely. I think that when I look back, I wanted to say yes to everyone. I didn't want to miss out on my big break. I think I just believed that lie that every request could be that big break. And so I said yes to everything for fear that I would miss it. But my big break didn't happen until. Until I started saying yes to myself. And so every single day we are saying no. Our yeses are very few and they're very protected. And we know right away if something is going to be a yes or a no because we have very clear goals for our business. We've gotten some amazing opportunities. Like I can't believe I turned that down opportunities. But for me, Choosing a life that gives me life is important. Figuring out how do I want to change the world and how am I going to do that best really changed the way that I say yes and no. For example, this year I've been traveling a lot. Every year I feel like I tell myself I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to travel as much. And then I start looking at my calendar and every other week I'm packing a bag and I'm gone. And so I made a decision then I'm not going to speak anywhere next year. I can make money doing it. I can get in front of audiences. I can be on big stages. But you know what? I can do this from my home and have dinner with Drew and be present with him. And I can pour into you guys without having to get on a plane. And so figuring out things like that, that hurt. Yeah. Like I love speaking. I love meeting people face to face, but is it serving my life right now? Those are hard decisions and only decisions you can make, but are you spending your time building up other people's businesses or are you building your own? It's a really good question to ask. In episode number 69, I talk about how to graciously say no. So if you have a tough time with this one, if no feels like a negative thing for you because we've been taught that, I want for you to tune into episode number 69. Number 8 is this. It took me a while to be willing to invest in education for myself. Funny, cuz I'm an educator, right? <laughs> like like what the heck, Jenna? You know, over the years, I would kind of invest and dabble in things I thought I needed, but I was that girl that thought that I needed that new lens more than I needed to learn different tools, different systems. I was that person that was a little afraid to invest in education until I realized like, I can go further, faster if I choose the right leaders. I remember the first thing I signed up for, it was $5,000. That was a lot of money, like a lot of money. That was a couple weddings worth of money. But that single investment started to fuel me into the direction that I wanted to go. Then, after that, when I paid a coach $10,000. And then, after I got results from that, I decided to join a mastermind and I paid a lot more money than that. And I am the kind of person who believes like we're never done learning. We can always learn from other people. There are people further in this journey than we are. And I want to share this with you because I think it's something that can really muddy the water for us these days is there is so much education out there. It's amazing, right? Like we have so much education at our fingertips, But it can really make us feel like we're not doing enough, like we don't have this magic code, like we don't have the secret sauce, like we don't have this roadmap that everyone else seems to have. And so when you are thinking about investing in education, I want for you to really look at the people that you're investing in. Are they walking the walk? Are they talking the talk? Are they further along than you are? Do they have something to teach? Are they a good teacher? Are they going to really give you the content that can change your lives? Because I've attended many webinars. I've attended many different trainings and videos. And I know what it's like to feel like you're just missing out. But if I've learned anything about investing in education, it's choosing the right mentors. Those people that are really striving for impact. I give my entire team an education budget. Because I want my team to be constantly learning and growing in their individual areas. And sometimes I'm like tempted to skip this part for myself. But now I enroll in courses and I'm in masterminds and I constantly want to be challenged myself. And I think that there is no worse mistake than believing you're done learning. You know, there's a time and a place to put your head down and do your work. But I think that investing in your own education, betting on yourself, putting money down and saying, I'm going to learn something new. Ugh, it's one of the best things you can do. And it's something that took me a while to figure it out. Number nine is funny. I have created too much content and I wasn't sharing it well. I am the girl that can bust out content. I freaking love making content. But here's the deal. I was creating so much content that it was actually hard to figure out how do I share this? And am I doing a good job sharing it? And am I actually changing the world with how I'm sharing it? And a lot of times the answer was no on that. And so when we started this year, I really made a vow to not just focus on creating content. Like we were content creating machines last year. This year we are working smarter and aiming at sharing that great content instead of constantly writing something new. Here's what I've learned. That amazing content you created did not reach even close to all of your audience and sharing it in a new and creative way. It is going to continue to grow your audience without spending additional hours creating something new. And so when you're thinking about how the heck do I share this or how do I put this out into the world, I want for you to think about like, how can you actually promote an opt-in in a big way. And if you're wondering, I created a show on it. Of course I did. 163, episode 163 shows you five different ways you can promote an opt-in. And my goodness, guys, you can create so much less content and have so much more impact if you spend less time creating and more time sharing and marketing. Those are my best tips. Okay. Just laying it out there for you. Number 10 is this. I wasn't great at outsourcing the things that I needed to get off my plate. There are things in your business that only you can do. And I promise you that that list is much smaller than you think. Since growing my team, I now pretty much outsource anything and everything that I can think of. And it has allowed me to dream and see the overall business and the direction that we need to take When I am not stuck in the day-to-day running it, I love outsourcing. I will outsource just about everything, whether it's lawn care, house cleaning, getting meals delivered to our house. I outsource graphic design, copywriting, web design, slide design. I am the queen of outsourcing, and I was not always this way, like I said, But I now know where I am most valuable in my business. That is the heart and the strategy behind it. That is the voice and the face of this brand. But there are so many things that you are likely doing every single day that you don't need to be doing. And a lot of times we want to feel important. I think feeling important is so awesome. But when you let that feeling of importance really hold you back from doing your best work, the work that only you can do in this world. You're not going to get as far as you should and as fast as you could. And so when I look at these 10 mistakes, I don't grimace. I smile because it's all been a part of my journey. And I've shared this before, but I look at business as an experiment. There are things that go really well. There are things that blow up in your face. And while some of these out of the 10 have definitely blown up in my face, they have been the things that have gotten me to where I am today. They have been the ways that I have learned how to make changes, how to really evaluate where I belong, how to move the needle more, how to get out of the inbox, how to say the best yeses. These are the things that I want for you to listen to today because I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. I really genuinely don't. I want to let you know that if you head to today's show notes, you can grab my outsourcing guide and it's tips on knowing what you should be outsourcing and when you should be doing it. So if you go to Jenna slash mistakes, you can grab that outsourcing guide. It's something that we actually revisit quite often in our business when we look at where our days are going, where our time is going, and how can we make sure that we are all moving the needle the most and feeling the the most fulfilled in our work. And so today, Gold diggers, I'm just so thankful that I was able to take a walk down memory lane, though it was a little painful, and share the 10 big mistakes I made. Because my job as your mentor and your coach and just someone speaking into your life is to help you to not make the same mistakes I made. And so I'm so thankful for this opportunity to pour into your life. And I sincerely hope that this episode really inspired you. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and I will be in your earbuds super soon. Thanks for listening to the gold digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time you gold digger you.